विक्रांत एंड मिसिस हाइड रिटर्न बाय रोहित गहलोत रेड बाय अविरल मोहन विक्रांत ओपन द क्रीकी डोर एंड स्टम्बल्ड आउट ऑन टू द रूफ इट वॉज डार्क देयर पिच ब्लैक बट स्टिल नॉट एज डार्क एज इज लाइफ ही स्टम्बल टू द एज ऑफ द रूफ ही वॉज ट्वेल्व फ्लोर्स अप ही सेट डाउन ऑन टू द एज डेंगलिंग हिज फीट इन द एयर नथिंग बिनीथ हिम नथिंग except for death vikrant could see the pavement below one little push a little nudge and it would be all over he would be pasted on a sidewalk smashed cracked open flattened he had heard that a falling body sometimes travels at the speed of 70 to 80 miles per hour as it hits the ground imagine maybe they'll have to scoop up vikrant's remains with a shovel they won't need an ambulance to carry him away they will need a bucket he tilted his head backwards and took another long sip from the whiskey bottle and as he brought the bottle down he almost fell sitting on the edge he was unsteady maybe he would just fall to his death then it would be an accident but if he jumped it would be a suicide same result but different words accident or suicide either way it was all going to end tonight Maybe he should write a letter telling the truth to the world. But what was the truth? Vikrant's thoughts went back to the first time he saw Kamya. He remembered the time as if it had just happened yesterday. He remembered how beautiful she was. Just fantastic. That body, those eyes, that black hair, that smile, those dimples in her chin when she smiled, her wonderful smell, her radiance, her glow. She didn't look human. She truly looked like an angel. She was mesmerizing, enchanting, captivating, and magical. She was magical because she had the power to make him happy, and sometimes she had the same effect on him that Charlie Chaplin has on kids. She made him laugh. He remembered looking across the class they were taking together. She was sitting in front of him, and he would look at her without trying to stare. He would steal glances whenever he could. He would sit behind her at an angle he could see her profile instead the back of her head. And instead of focusing on what was being taught, he would focus on finding different reasons to look in her direction. He would twist his body side to side. As if his body had become rigid from sitting too long, he would drop something on the floor so he could pick it up and look in her direction. Sometimes he would look in the general direction and pretend he was thinking about something and looking at something far far away and not her in fact he came to the class just for her he loved those days they were wonderful just staring not talking it was like looking at god and just being happy with that he didn't want to meet god just looking was enough but then one day after it had been days of his staring at her that dreaded thing happened so he was just ogling at her like it had become his habit when by some sixth sense or something she suddenly turned and looked straight into his eyes vikrant felt like a twin barreled shotgun had been turned towards him and it had been fired blowing him away for a few seconds he didn't know how to react he kept staring at her and she stared back without flinching without blinking like it was some staring contest in the end she won As he suddenly looked away and tried to behave as if nothing has happened, he wished he could become invisible 
and just slink away. What the hell? Somehow she had found out that he was staring at her all this time. He had been very careful not to let anyone know. But it was out now. He just hoped the class would be over soon so that he could scamper away. He could vanish from there. Oh God, would she come and confront him? Would she make a scene of it? Would she tell her friends that they would all laugh at him? Would he become the laughing stock of the class? He knew what he had to do. So as soon as the class ended, Vikrant gathered his books and rushed away, not even looking at her. He was literally running away. He reached outside the class and had almost made it safely to outside the college when he heard someone calling out, Hey you! Hello! Vikrant's heart hopped like crazy as he turned around and saw her standing there. Oh boy, he froze. It seemed his heart had stopped beating now. He lost his voice. His legs became wooden. He couldn't move or even blink. He was a zombie. Kamya approached him and began to talk. She said she had seen him staring at her various times over the past few days. Vikrant didn't know what to say. He shook his head, indicating that it was nothing like that. But she kept on speaking. She said she felt odd and could feel his eyes on her. It was very discomforting for her. What was the matter with him? She wanted to know. Finally he found his voice and said that there had to be some confusion. He didn't even know her. And it was then that she asked, would he like to know her? He was speechless once again. He stood there frozen. She looked at him and actually giggled. She was laughing at him. He was a source of entertainment for her. He was just about to turn away and run from there when she asked him what his name was. And that's how it started. His transformation was brisk. They began to talk and meet frequently. They began to take long walks. They came to the college together and left together. They studied, they laughed, they even cried together. It was the beginning of a friendship like no other. Vikrant had never enjoyed anyone's company more than he enjoyed hers. She was his best friend. And more than that, she was his lover. Soon they were staying together in the same flat. They were a couple. Their common friends treated them like they were already married. For dating they were out of bounds for everyone else. He took permission from her when he had to go for a guy's night out. And she informed him when she was heading out with her friends. She chose the clothes he wore. She literally threw away what she didn't like him wearing. She even told him whom he should meet and not to meet. If she didn't like some friend of his, she forbid him to meet him. She controlled how much he drank. His friends knew she would come calling and she would be blaming the friends for what he did and Vikrant liked being taken care of. She even cooked for him. He was pampered. He was spoiled. He was loved. That was the best time of his life. Life was awesome. The future was bright. And what if his friends left him all alone, one by one? At least he had her. Soon they passed out of college and he got his first job. He was so happy. Life was getting even better. And in the elated mood, something came over him. It was time to settle down. He proposed to her in the most romantic way. She accepted instantly. Everyone they knew was happy for them. And so, they got married. They were madly in love. They made love every day, in every way. And within a few months, she was pregnant. While their friends were still into the dating game, trying to find purpose in their life, trying to find direction, stability, he was with Grant, with a family and all. 
soon he was a father. They had twins. Two girls. He was a father twice over. He couldn't believe it. What a tremendous life he was living. What luck. He knew things couldn't get better than this. And he was right. They didn't. Because that is when the dream ended and the nightmare began. You must have heard of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But in his case, it was Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. Because the moment the twins were born, she changed from a beautiful heavenly angel to a devil. It was like Vikrant was being fooled by someone all this time. And suddenly Kamya took off her mask after all these years and revealed her true self to him. And only him. There had been instances earlier when they had fought and revealed her Mrs. Hyde self. But soon things would be back to normal and she would become Dr. Jekyll again. But now, it was like Dr. Jekyll was murdered. He never showed up again and the personality that remained now was Mrs. Hyde. And what a psycho Mrs. Hyde she was. She said she wanted freedom and she wanted him to come back straight from work and babysit the twins while she took some time out with her friends. Of course he agreed. He would love to see her happy and enjoy herself. Initially she went out twice or thrice a week. But soon, she was almost out every evening. It was like during the day she had to stay with the kids and the night shift was Vikrant's. She returned at odd hours in the morning, drunk and out of her senses. And then one day, she attacked him by throwing gin on him. Gin that was still in heavy glass bottle. This is how it happened. Vikrant had returned earlier than usual and opened the door with his keys and entered the home that he had bought on loan for them. He was tired and put his laptop on the sofa and was just moving to pour a glass of water when she rushed out of the bedroom like a tornado. She was rushing around looking for something and as soon as she saw him, she stopped and stared at him. Then she spoke or rather shouted at him asking him where the hell he had been. She had told him that she had to go somewhere and he was supposed to come earlier. Vikrant blamed the work in his office and the traffic as he moved to hug her. He didn't want to fight with her. But as he came close to her, she pushed him away and resumed looking for something, telling him she was late because of him. Then he saw a glass of gin on the table and asked her if she had been drinking during the day. He sniffed and realized the house stank of alcohol. She replied that for more than nine months, she had kept his kid inside her. She didn't smoke. She didn't drink. She controlled her diet. She did what was best for the kids. Nine months. And then for two more years she had been nursing him, taking care of them as no one else could. Now that they were big enough, all she wanted was the freedom to do as she pleased. Maybe even having a drink during the day to relax her nerves. And he should support her instead of trying to be all high and mighty and judging her. Vikrant saw she was angry and backed away. He told her to enjoy herself and he'll take care of the kids. No problem at all. She found her car keys under a cushion and rushed out after giving him a disgusted look. Suddenly he felt weak and defeated. What had happened to her? What had suddenly changed? His mood had darkened, but then he saw his twins, all of two years old now, calling him daddy. A faint smile came on his face as soon as he saw them. He picked them up, one in each arm. Over the next couple of hours, he played with them, bathed them, dressed them, fed them, told them a bedtime story and put them to bed. He was exhausted and was thinking of pouring a drink for himself when she returned. She was completely smashed. He greeted her pleasantly with a fake smile on his face 
He asked her how her evening was. As she entered, she stopped at the door and looked at the home. She swept her hand, showing him the condition of the place, and began to shout, pointing at the toys spread out on the floor, and the dishes unwashed in the sink, and the bag on the sofa. She called the home a pigsty, and asked who was going to clean the mess, and blah blah blah. She went on shouting at him. Finally, he couldn't take it anymore and answered back. He asked her what was wrong with her. What had changed their marriage? Why had she gone psycho on him? And that was it. The pin had been pulled out of the grenade, and there was a full-blown blast that blew his life into smithereens. He told her how he had to work all day and then come home and take care of the kids. While she shouted that she took care of the kids all day and just wanted the nights for herself. The problem was that they got married too soon. Their friends were really experiencing life, enjoy meeting new people and dating and having affairs and quickies and parties and late nights while they were stuck in each other's hair like chewing gum. He was like an anchor weighing her down. She could have and should have done much better than him. She had made a mistake marrying him and she was regretting it every moment of her life now. He was stunned. He asked her why she was thinking like this. She said she had been talking to her friends and realized what she was missing. They were enjoying so much and she was tied down with him and her kids. And then he said something that made her go psycho on him. He called her Mrs. Hyde. He told her how she was Dr. Jekyll when they had met. And now she was the monster, Mrs. Hyde. She blew her top. He was calling her a monster. She told him to look at himself in the mirror and then look at her. He was a loser all over. It was written on his forehead. There was no way he was going to amount to anything and he did not deserve her. Then he said something and she said something till tempers escalated. After which she picked up the gin bottle she had been drinking from and flung it at him. Bam! It hit him smack on his hands and shoulders as he tried to protect himself and it fell on the floor and crashed into thousand pieces. Quite frankly, he was stunned. She had attacked him. It was vicious. His hand had been cut and it was hurting. Then she moved quickly and threw a rose at him along with the flower vase it was in. It too hit him and fell on the floor and crashed. He started to move towards her to grab her before she threw more things at him. It was then she picked up a knife. Instantly he backed away from her. She had gone psycho on him. He tried to calm her down asking her what was happening to her. But then he heard a sound from somewhere else in the room. He suddenly realized that the sound had woken up the twins and they were walking towards them with bare feet. Before he could stop them from coming further, one of them had already stepped on the piece of glass from the glass bottle. The little girl screamed and cried and there was blood on the floor. The poor, poor little child. He rushed up to her and picked her up. He told the other one to step back. He shouted at her to stay away because the glass from the bottle and broken pieces of the walls were all over the floor. The other child too began to cry. At this point his loony wife began to shout at him in rage. She told him to look at what he had done. It was all his fault and she had called him a moron and told him to rush the kids to the hospital. He picked up the twins and ran towards the car. Mrs. Hyde followed him all the time, screaming at him as if whatever had happened was his fault. They rushed the twins to the nearest hospital. 
The doctor there took a look at his baby's leg, gave her an injection and bandaged it. He was relieved that the child was alright. The twins weren't crying now and he began to relax and thank God that it was alright. He was trying to calm the twins even further, telling them a funny story when he saw the cops walk up to him. While he was more worried about the kids, his wife had called the cops and the cops were coming towards him. They approached him carefully as if he was a violent criminal. They told him to step away from the kids. He was confused. What was happening? What had he done? He asked them. They were tense and had their hands on their guns as if they expected him to attack them. Once again they ordered him to step back away from the kids. Had they gone mad? Maybe the whole world had gone bonkers. So he raised his hands and stepped away from his daughters and suddenly they were upon him and were tying his hands. They talked to him like he was some dangerous criminal. His wife took his kids away from him, all the while behaving as if he was the psycho one and she was in danger from him. His wife seemed scared and gentle. She deserved an Oscar for her performance. The cops grabbed him and started pulling him with them to their car. He was being arrested. He was numb. What did he do? They told him that his wife had told them that he had attacked her with a gin bottle. And that is what had caused the injury to their kids. She had turned the story around. It was a blatant lie, he told them. But they were not willing to listen to him. It was his word against her. And she was the woman. Of course, she had to be right. He was taken to the police station and held overnight. He was charged with a domestic assault case and some other charges which he couldn't remember. He was made out as a bloody villain, as if it was all his fault, as if he was the wife Peter, as if he was the psycho, as if he was Mr. Hyde. The next day he was given bail but was ordered not to go near his home. He was made to look like a bloody stalker and couldn't even meet his babies. She had got a restraining order against him. He had to shift out of his home, the one he had bought for their family, the installments of which were still being debited from his salary. As he didn't have much money left, he had to take a small room in a horrible locality, in a horrible building, on rent. Now his car, his TV, his refrigerator and everything else he had belonged to his wife. From there, things went from bad to worse. He took to drinking. As he could not bear to live alone without his kids. He missed them so badly. He couldn't sleep without putting them to bed. And here he was all alone. He couldn't even go and meet them. She had made sure about that. A few weeks later, he was a complete drunk. Obviously, his work suffered too. Initially, they were all supportive in his office. But his drinking and his depression got in the way of his work and two months later, he was asked to go on a long leave without salary. Now he had no family, no real home, no car, no money, and no job. He was down and out of the count. He had been knocked out by the love of his life. And then, things got even worse when a lawyer called him and he was served divorce papers. He was formally charged with domestic assault and he had to appear in court in two weeks. He read the papers and his eyes began to well up as the lawyer told him that the charges were very serious. He was teary and emotional. As he said, he just wanted to see the kids. He missed them so much. Maybe 
if he said sorry to his wife it would be all right he could stay away from her but he didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to his kids he was sure they missed him too he broke down and the lawyer said that it was not as simple as that there was an assault charge and the cops would pursue the charge to find out what happened that night there was the divorce too and then there is property settlement and the kids custody vikrant said he doesn't want the property they could let his wife take it all all he just needed to see his kids she can't take care of them she has anxiety and depression she was a psycho she was mrs hyde after all the lawyer said that might be right but for the world she was dr jekyll and the courts always prefer to hand over the custody of small children to their mothers and with a case of domestic assault on him his name was mud as far as the world was concerned he was drunk wife peter a person with no future nobody was going to be on his side nobody was going to believe his version of the story they only saw what his wife wanted them to see she was an angel in front of the world it was useless to fight against her he would be wise to just walk away a free man and after the assault charges he would forget everything even the twins and start anew he didn't know what to say things were getting from bad to worse to absolute disaster that night he sat on the mattress on the floor that was supposed to be his bed in the room that was supposed to be his new home and he shed more tears probably enough tears to fill the whiskey bottle that he had just emptied there was such hatred within him for his wife the former love of his life the love was dead and he wanted her to die too and while all these nasty things were happening to him he heard that his wife had moved in with a new lover his name was samir he was into some internet business he was the owner of the company some internet tech company that designed websites and he was doing superbly well he was a good looking stinky rich guy vikran tried to find out about him but he couldn't find them but the psycho wife had instructed everyone that he was a danger to them and should not be allowed near them she had told the world that he could harm his two babies it was preposterous but she had made everyone believe that her vision was the true one that he was drunk jobless homeless psycho and no good would come by associating with him ah oh, he hated her so much and like he had done so many many years ago he began to stare at her while keeping safe distance from her he began to stalk her he would stand across the street whenever she was out and watch her and follow her at one time there was love in his heart when he saw her and now there was only hatred like old times he continued to stare at her with his feelings at the opposite end of the spectrum he wanted to kill her he wanted her to die he wanted to ruin her life but nothing comes from just wanting once he began to follow her he realized that she still looked fabulous she still looked like an angel those eyes that smile that black hair and whoever she met fell for her instantly he realized why she wanted to be free again she wanted a man who was better than him once she had spent some time with him she had realized she was meant for bigger and better stuff and it was easy for her to get him out of her life all she had to do was present her mrs hyde personality to him 
and remained Dr. Jekyll for everyone else. And once he was out of her life, she had become Dr. Jekyll permanently. She was gorgeous again. She was pleasant. She smiled. She never drank. She laughed. She talked. It seemed that she loved everyone. And everyone loved her. Everyone except him. She was happy. And with a richer, better looking guy now. And he was the forgotten past. He had been like a condom to her. All new, useful, important and even exciting. But once he had done his bit, he was disgusting and was supposed to be thrown away into the dustbin. She had discarded him now. He was dead to her. So as he stalked her and saw how happy she was, he hated her even more. That was when he decided to hurt her. But he knew he didn't have the guts to physically harm her or anyone else. So he decided to talk to her latest boyfriend. Maybe try and get him to break up with her. He cornered Samir out on the street one day when Samir was going to enter his Range Rover and drive away. Vikrant told him who he was. Samir looked at him strangely, like he was the psycho he was made out to be. Vikrant realized how he must have looked to Samir. Old clothes in which he had slept, smelling of booze. He hadn't taken a bath for two days now. He had a two-week-old beard. He must have looked like a beggar. Samir asked him what he had wanted as he backed away. Vikrant told him about his wife, Samir's current girlfriend. He told him how she would change once she got bored of him. How she was the psycho and not him. It was she who had broken the bottle and not him. It was she who had hurt his babies and not him. Vikrant tried to convince Samir, but Samir didn't find Vikrant credible. Samir told him to back away, but Vikrant still tried to talk to him. Had he ever seen the glimpses of her anger? Had he ever done something that she didn't like? He told Samir that her other personality, Mrs. Hyde, would surface soon and she would hurt him real bad. Samir got angry at this and said that she was a sweet, gentle, beautiful woman while Vikrant was clearly a madman. Vikrant warned him that Samir would see very soon that Vikrant was right. Vikrant tried to explain to him but Samir pushed him away and told him if he ever came close to Samir or his girlfriend, Vikrant would get badly hurt. He knew people who would ensure Vikrant vanished for good and was never seen again. He threatened Vikrant that he was a very dangerous guy with immense power and Vikrant would be safer if he left town for good. And then he added that he would be proposing to Kamya as soon as her divorce with Vikrant came through. And that is how much he trusted her. He was going to get married to her very soon. Vikrant was stunned. He stood there frozen as Samir drove away. Vikrant was seething, burning with fury. He hated this man too. He was nasty and mean and maybe dangerous too. In a way he deserved her. But Vikrant couldn't just be a bystander and let Mrs. Hyde find happiness. He had to do something. He started thinking of all his time with her. What was it about him that drove her mad? He tried to remember every fight that they ever had. And then, like a speeding truck, it hit him. He remembered the time when she had suspected that he was having an affair. It was a very small thing, just a bouquet, sent to him by a woman because he had helped her land a good business deal. All he had done was recommended her name and that had worked in her favor. All she had done was sent him a dozen roses with a thank you note. And when Kamya saw the note and the roses, 
she suspected something wrong was up and showed her Mrs. Hyde personality for the first time. It took all his patience and gift of gab to convince her there was nothing between them. But that incident showed him the emergence of Mrs. Hyde and it was there and then that he decided what he had to do. He had to make her jealous. He had to make her suspect her latest boyfriend. He was clearly much better looking and richer than he was and Vikrant could do this easily. He could easily make Mrs. Hyde jealous. The first thing he did was find out Samir's phone number. He took out a prepaid number and gave his ID a feminine name. He called himself Monica Cage and gave his new number that name on true caller. So whenever he dialed any number from his new number, the caller ID would show Monica calling. He made some models picture his profile pic and he was all ready to go. He started sending Samir messages as if they had been together just a few hours ago. For example, I had a great time last night. You are so funny. Smiley. He sent messages on all social media channels, stalked Samir everywhere. He didn't overdo it, just one message per day, sometimes in the middle of the night. He knew she would check his phone, like she used to check his. She would surely find the messages from Monica, and then the game would start. Vikrant went a step further and sent Samir a dozen roses, with a thank you note, saying she had a great time with Samir last evening. Accompanying the note was a pair of panties. He sent the package specially at a time when Mrs. Hyde would be home and would receive it instead of Samir. And his plan worked. He saw the delivery guy hand over the package to her. She received it and shut the door. Surely she must have seen what it was. For the first time in months he was excited. Now things would go down. Now he would have a small victory over her. Over the next few days he waited for something to happen. For her to blow her top. For her to show her Mrs. Hyde personality. But nothing happened. It didn't seem to have any effect. He kept on watching but she and her boyfriend seemed like normal loving couple even after receiving his package. For one last day he stalked his wife. He found out that she and Samir had planned to go out for dinner that evening. He overheard her talking on the phone to him, telling him not to be late that evening as she had got a reservation for two in a fancy fine dining restaurant. This hurt him and he left her and hurried to a place where her husband worked. He spotted his car in the parking lot. He sneaked up to it and began to deflate the tires. It took some time, but he was able to take the air out of one of the tires completely and of the second one partially. He hoped he would not be able to reach home in time for the fancy dinner. He waited outside and saw Samir come out of the office. Samir tried to drive away and saw that his car's tire were deflated. He called a junior guy from his office and ordered him to get the tires checked. He called an Uber. Samir also instructed the junior that he would be back after dinner to check on the work. There should be no screw up in the webcast of the game. The cab came and Samir left. He would be on time for his date. Vikrant had failed. After this, depression got the better of him and he gave up. He felt it was of no use. He had failed in this task too. And now he started to doubt himself. Was he the one who was wrong? Was he the bad husband? The boring one? The loser? Did he do it all wrong? Did he not take care of Kamya when she was pregnant? Was he the one who started to ignore her? Was he the one who left her alone with the kids right after they were born? Was he a failure instead of her? 
because everyone liked her and no one liked him. Maybe she was right and he was the one who was to blame. He started to hate himself. That evening he got drunk again and sent one last message from Monica to Samir. Waiting for you at your office. Come after dinner and I'll give you your dessert. He hoped that she checked his phone during dinner and read this last message from him. He was done now. He took out and threw the SIM card away. It had been of no use. Now he started thinking. Spiraling down into the dark depth of his being, he started loathing himself. He started blaming himself. He was the failure. He hadn't thrown the gin bottle, but he made her take that step. It was all him. There was no Mrs. Hyde. She was Dr. Jekyll all along. It was he who was Mr. Hyde. The flop. The failure. The ridiculous loser. What had he achieved in his life? Nothing. He was God's manufacturing reject. He pitied himself. He pitied his life and all those who came in contact with him. He was a curse. And after getting pissed drunk, he started thinking about her. When she had been the love of his life, he wanted to remember her like that. He wanted to remember the dream he had had with her, not the nightmare he was now having. He kept on drinking more and more, poisoning himself and finally came to a decision that he needed to end it all. There was no point in living this way. He staggered onto the rooftop with the only friend he had in his entire life, his bottle. He opened the creaky door. It was dark on the top floor. He stumbled to the edge of the roof. He was 12 floors up. He thought maybe he should write a letter telling the truth or maybe write his true story. Would the world look at him differently then? Would they believe a dying man? Or would they still think he was the crazy one and she was the angel? Would his part of the story make any difference? Would anyone care? Then a new thought entered his mind. What if he made it seem like he was murdered? He had read many crime stories and seen a lot on TV crime shows to make the rooftop look like a murder scene instead of one of suicide. But then he gave up the idea. He didn't have the patience or the strength to go around planning such a thing. So he stood up clumsily, still at the edge, took a large sip from the bottle, closed his eyes, thought of all that had happened to him over the past few months. His life flashed in front of him, like they say it happens when someone is about to die. He lifted his leg, about to take the last step he would ever take. Goodbye world and good riddance. And there, he was about to fall when his cell phone rang. The loud ringtone pierced the night and the sudden buzz almost made him fall. He went out of balance, frailing his hands trying to regain his footing. So it was going to be an accident after all, instead of suicide, he thought. And then he fell. He smashed onto the ground with a thud. He screamed in pain and slowly sat up and looked around him. He saw that he had fallen for sure, but luckily for him, he fell on the right side, meaning he fell on the roof instead of off the roof. Still in pain, he took the call. He heard a woman's voice from the other end, asking him if it was Vikrant she was talking to. Vikrant confirmed the same. The voice went on. This is Inspector Sonia Singh from Char Park Police Station. Sorry sir, to ring you this late. Unfortunately, we have some bad news for you. Bad news for him? Vikrant thought as the panic began to flood him. Sir, are you alright sir? I have some bad news for you. Sir, your wife has been arrested for attempted murder. 
the phone fell from his lifeless hands. For a few seconds he went numb. Then he heard the voice from the fallen phone and hurriedly picked it up again. He brought it up to his ear and listened. He heard the voice clearly at the other end. It was of a cop but seemed more like the voice of an angel. The angel Sonia Singh's voice told him that it seemed that his dear wife had an argument with her partner who had returned to the office for some work. It seemed he had been cheating on her with someone called Monica Cage. It seemed he had been cheating on her with someone called Monica Cage. And some hours ago, just after 10.30 or so, in a fit of rage, she hit him with a gin bottle in his office. It broke on his head and he was bloodied all over. She continued to hit him repeatedly and she was restrained by some employees. Now the boyfriend is in ICU and his wife, the cop was extremely sorry to say, had been arrested for the brutal assault. The reason the angel was calling him now was that Vikram's kids were alone at the police station now. The kids were calling for him. They had also cleared the air about him. They had said that it wasn't he who drank and got angry with them, but it was his wife. They realized it was the second time she had broken a glass bottle on her partner. So if he could come as soon as possible and take the kids with him, what the hell? Suddenly everyone now believed his version of the story. He threw up on hearing this. And out came all the darkness and the hatred and the thoughts of death. He looked around him and saw the world from the rooftop. Had he died and gone to heaven? Was this real? He saw the twinkling lights of the city around him and realized that the world wasn't all that bad. To be frank, certain aspects of the world were quite good. He looked at the whiskey bottle in his hand and puked out all the rest of the loathing and the bile accumulated over the years of his marriage. He put the bottle on the floor. He wasn't going to need it anytime soon. He had a life to live and he had two little angels to take care of. Now that they were the love of his new life, he headed to the police station where he met his kids after a long time. He hugged them and cried in relief. His wife was in prison and he was happy because he had his kids back. He would take them and move far far away where his wife couldn't catch up to him. Even as he was rejoicing, a pretty woman came up and said she wanted to talk to him. He left the kids as he went with the female cop. She seemed serious as if she meant business. She took him to the corner room and closed the door and asked him to sit down as she wanted to talk to him about something. By now he was freaking out a bit. He asked her what the matter was. She got down to business. She introduced herself as Sonia Singh who had called him up some time ago and said she had some questions for him. What did he know about Samir, his wife's boyfriend? Vikran told Sonia everything he knew, that Samir was some rich tech guy in some shady business along with Bomi, something to do with the dark web. That's what he had heard. And after a few minutes of conversation, he found out that they had discovered something strange in Samir's office. It housed some servers that hosted some nasty dark web stuff. They were going to question the employees working there. Sonia told Vikrant to be safe with his daughters as Pommy was a bad guy and Vikrant's wife had hurt his main tech man. He may want to get even and may want to hurt the twins as revenge. Vikrant was alarmed and said he would stay with them all the time. Sonia said it would be wise if Vikrant moved out of the town for a few days. They were working on Pommy and very soon 
Pommy would be dealt with, as the cops already had a plan in motion. Vikrant was pleased to hear this and was allowed to leave. And along with the kids, he left for good. It had all turned out fine in the end. His kids were safe. They were away from his psycho wife and the evil boyfriend Samir and now he would always keep them with him. Suddenly he felt happy and well. He held the hands of his two little angels and walked out into the fine, fine night. The end.